Good morning. Um, ready or not, uh, here comes the message. No, ready or not, <laughs> ready or not um, you know, uh, did you survive uh, week one of school? And I'm looking over here especially to, the, to those wearier among us. How you guys doing? Yeah? You, yeah? Do you got homework already? Did they dare give you homework the very first weekend of school? Let me guess, math, the ever-present math. How many have math? Yeah, see? And then uh, maybe some reading. They want you to read, 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 right? Yeah. Oh, man, our hearts are with you. Who's ready for a vacation yet? Yeah. (laughs) Well, hang in there, you guys. Um, And really, that's um, what we're doing a bit with this series called uh, Ready or Not, trying to share some things that God has shared with us uh, in his word on um, how to hang in there as followers of Jesus when ready or not, life's challenges um, show up uh, as they will. Uh, Two weeks ago, uh, Nathan Harrison, our youth group leader, reminded us um, one way to be prepared for ready or not seasons is uh, to have a perspective of um, realizing that our days are numbered, as Psalm 90 says it, to make the most of our time. I don't know about you, but uh, Nathan's illustration of how short our time is here with uh, the math uh, that Nathan did. If one day is as a thousand years to God, the human being's lifespan of 79 years is one hour and 53 minutes. Now, I don't know if you did the math based on your own age, but I've got something like 40 minutes left. <laughs> and I uh, can't thank you enough for that illustration, Nathan. <laughs> I didn't really mean that to be funny. <laughs> Sincerely, since you first shared that, um, two weeks ago, that has been on my mind every single day, Um, that our time here is precious and that uh, God is at work in the world desiring to partner with us and, boy, constantly be looking for those opportunities to, to, to partner along with him. That's one way to keep our balance when ready or not things happen. And Then last week I reminded uh, you and reminded myself, really, of how important Sabbath rest is to um, weather through and even thrive in those ready-or-not times. And so much more, um, more better even than the one-day-in-seven Sabbath rest of Torah, but the daily rest in a Savior who longingly, lovingly, with Tears of love and care and compassion running down his face comes to us and says, come to me, Jesus says, you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And he said those words in the context of uh, Sabbath rest being debated among some Pharisees. And this morning... um, We'll continue with the, this ready or not um, idea, and I want to suggest something else that can, can help us survive, and, and not just survive, but to thrive even through those ready or not, here it comes, times and seasons in life. And it, 
It flows from the first two. But I want to talk about uh, this morning about expectations, life expectations that we have in particular because we follow Jesus. Because you follow Jesus, what do you expect in life? To illustrate what I'm after, let me tell you a story and ask you um, if you've ever found yourself in a situation like this. Uh, I found myself in exactly this situation once upon a time, and uh, I'll bet um, all of us have experienced something similar. Here's the story. Let's say you're going on a trip, and you're looking for a hotel, and you see a room advertised maybe online at, at this amazing one-time-only special rate. I don't know, $69 a night at a five-star five resort. And you think, oh, it's too good to be believed, but you're intrigued, and you look, and it's right on the beach. And it's got swimming pools and movie stars and... Texas tea, that's Hollywood, uh, oh no, that's the Beverly Hillbillies. Not... <laughs> I just dated myself horribly, but some of you knew. I mean... It's got everything, it's all inclusive, even the food, can you imagine? $69 a night, it says it right there. And so you hurry, click, 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 and, and you, you're sold, and you, uh, you fill it all out, and you get all that reservation form stuff. It, it seems like it goes on forever, and you finally get where it's time to pay. And, and for the first time, the final invoice comes up, and then as you look at the invoice, first of all, you see the total. You go, wait, what happened? Did I not enter the promo code? This is not. But you notice on the invoice, it says something like, um, uh, an added part says, resort fee. And you see the resort fee for the first time, $25 per person per night. Now, I have a family of five, and what that meant for us was each night was a, another $125 on top of their $69 one price only. Do you ever have anything like that happen to you? And when that happened to you, or if it never has, um, let me talk to you. You can book my travel. How does that make you feel? You feel a little angry? Do you feel a little disappointed? Do you feel like you've been had? Do you feel like you've been lied to? Do you feel like you're a little discouraged by the whole thing? Put off by it? Those are all things I felt. Now, there's a term for that. Um, you know, what I just described for you is something you can call bait and switch. How many of you have heard of bait and switch before? Yeah, many of you have. You know, an advertiser uh, attracts us to something by saying, you got to come get this. This thing is fantastic. That's the bait. But then after you um, get excited about the bait, after you go and you, you take the bait and you're hooked, after they've got you committed uh, then you find out that you're really getting something not at all what you were expecting, something that isn't fantastic. That's the switch, bait and switch. Retailers do this all the time, right? They advertise something at a really low price, getting you to come into their store, but then when you get there, what you came for is mysteriously 
sold out or not available. And then when you ask them about it, um, you know, they, with great sympathy and empathy, point to the fine print on the ad that no mere human mortal can read. And it says, while supplies last. And then you find out that when they made the ad, they had a supply of one. <laughs> and it's long gone. But you're there. Came all this way, and you need something like that. And so then the salesperson is happy to show you something else that, oh, by the way, has a much greater profit margin for the retailer. Bait and switch. I remember, um, remember a story years ago that a Holiday Inn got into trouble for doing something like this. Have you heard the story? A hotel manager, he wanted to increase the sales of room service in his hotel. And so what he did was he made up and printed this beautiful, colorful flyer of a pizzeria, authentic Italian pizzeria. We deliver with this mouth-watering picture of this pizza. You're all starting to get hungry now, right? And he put it in all of the hotel rooms, and he even included a number, an outside number that wasn't like part of the hotel, you know, wasn't like dial star six, it was a local number, and he put it in there. But what he didn't tell anyone, and what you couldn't tell from the flyer, is this manager behind the scenes also put in a red phone in the hotel kitchen. And guess what happened when people in the room called the phone number for the pizzeria? Guess which phone rang? Yeah, the red phone in the hotel kitchen. And then the hotel kitchen would prepare those smaller frozen pizzas, just throw it in the oven. The hotel would dress up their staff in like a pizza delivery outfit and take it to the room. Here's your pizza. And at first, it worked great. The hotel made a lot of money. It was finally, if uh, memory serves, um, the whole thing was finally exposed after one of the hotel guests recognized the pizza delivery guy as the same guy that checked them in. <laughs> Wait a minute. People thought they were getting this great, authentic Italian pizza from an authentic pizza place, and that was the bait. And instead, they were getting frozen pizza from the hotel oven. That was the switch. And how do you suppose those people felt? I tell you those two stories under the ready-or-not idea of life expectations because there are some preachers and some Bible teachers that preach a bait-and-switch message about God. It's also called prosperity gospel or health and wealth, but it's all the same. And, and many, if not most of these teachers, uh, God bless them, I don't know that they're trying for a bait-and-switch message. I think they, most of them at least sincerely believe uh, it's true. They're not, they're not trying to con anyone but in their message, they're nevertheless setting people up to believe that our God is a bait-and-switch God. 
And their message goes like this. They tell about how wonderful life will be, how trouble-free it will be when you follow Jesus. And they mine from the Bible all of those amazing, beautiful verses on how God will bless us and protect us and sustain us and give us all we need and prosper us. And that part, at least, is all in the Bible. Praise the Lord for those promises. Amen? But they go too far. They leave the Bible entirely when they push those promises when they guarantee those promises that they will necessarily happen at a timing and in a manner or way that you expect. They guarantee it that if you just have enough faith, if you just obey in the right way, If you just believe or follow these steps, then guaranteed God will act and that trouble will be removed in your life at a timing to your suiting. The problem with that message about our God is that when, not if, but when life continues to be hard, even after coming to know Jesus, or when life becomes even harder because we're trying to follow Jesus and loving God and loving others, people end up feeling like they've been fooled. That God doesn't care. He's a liar. He's not keeping his promise. I've been baited and switched into following Jesus. Now, I'm here to tell you this morning that our God is not a bait and switch God. He delivers what he promises guaranteed. Amen? The key, though, in understanding this is we have to understand exactly what it is that God promises. Yes, he promises us real blessing and real power and real protection and real prosperity, but he also tells us over and over and over what Paul told his disciple Timothy, for example. He tells us everyone who even wants to live a godly life in Jesus, will be persecuted. In other words, there will be trouble. Where did Paul get this from? Well, he got it from God in writing his letter to Timothy, but he also got it from Jesus, who warned his disciples such things as, if they persecute me, Jesus said to his disciples, they will persecute you also. And Jesus also point blank said, in this world, you will have trouble. How could he be any clearer than that? Now to be sure, God's promise of blessing and protection and all we need are still there as well. But taken together, the whole counsel of God, with God plainly warning us that life is still going to be difficult, 
those blessings, that sustenance from God, it often comes in the form of God being with us in the trouble, sustaining us through difficult times. And yes, praise God, God may and often does remove the trouble from our lives. Amen? But not necessarily in the way or manner or timing that we think would be best. You know, there's an old song. Do you know the song? As the song goes, when trouble hits, sometimes God calms the storm and sometimes he calms his child when challenging things happen, ready or not. That's great theology. Sometimes God calms the storm, praise the Lord. And sometimes he calms the child, praise the Lord. We uh, recently had this experience with our son Ben. I mean, I shared with you last week one of the reasons why I know I needed Sabbath rest. And boy, I got a lot uh, in a busy week last week, but I got a lot of time uh, alone with the Lord and sometime uh, as well alone with the Lord with Ben. But um, he's back in Michigan now at school and he tries out for the golf team tomorrow. Since the 1st of August, um, suddenly, mysteriously, ready or not, uh, he couldn't even swing a club. He'd come down and right here, ouch, he'd have to let go uh, with his right arm. And we've been praying. All of us have been praying, please, uh, Heal him. At least give him the opportunity, Lord, to try out for the team. It means so much to him. It's his group of guys, and it's his fellowship group, really. And um, guy, doctor after doctor who gave helpful advice and assured us it wasn't this or that, and just mysterious as to why this pain was there. But we kept praying that prayer. Please give him the opportunity. And then um, two days ago, no, yesterday, Yesterday, Ben, he said, you know, Dad, I got to go try because tryouts are on Monday. Um, so he went out, and he went out with my dad, and he played 18 holes, and he shot 74 with no pain. <laughs> Praise the Lord is right, Luther. And in my spirit, since I got that, I've just been praising the Lord. And he calmed the storm in Ben's shoulder for a day. And our expectation and hope and prayer is that it holds through tryouts Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and if he makes the team, first match Friday and Saturday. So we're not done praying yet. But will God necessarily keep that pain from returning in his shoulder? I won't ever tell you that, whether it's a golfing shoulder or golfing pain because I don't believe this tells us that. Instead, it tells us there's going to be trouble. And it tells us God may take the trouble away. And whether or not he takes the trouble away in a way we expect, he will guaranteed be there with us, sustaining it through it. That's the counsel of all of God's word, rather than those verses and snippets that health and wealth preachers helicopter into and pull out of context. And I raise that in this Ready or Not series this morning with you guys because I think having that 
proper expectation for what it means to be a follower of Jesus plays a huge role in making us and having us ready for the ready-or-not moments in life. Because when a ready-or-not moment comes, because God has so lovingly forewarned us that there will be trouble, to use a word from a song we just sung in praise of worship this morning, there's no need to panic from Isaiah. We shouldn't be shocked or necessarily ask, what in the world is wrong? Because the truth of the matter is, sometimes when there's trouble, the trouble is there, perhaps, because we're doing everything right in loving God and loving others, and we're doing it so well and so in tune with God's world that the enemy has taken notice and is oppressing us. And we have to, on our knees in those moments, discern, is it the enemy oppressing us because we're doing everything so well? Or is something we're doing need to be changed or made better? Is that why it's going wrong? And the need for discernment in that instance is never greater before the Holy Spirit. There is not a one-size-fits-all answer, my friend, for that moment, for those ready-or-not moments in life. So I want to, there's that saying, um, forewarned is forearmed. Have you heard that saying? Meaning if you know something's coming, if you know there's going to be trouble, it's not going to take you by surprise, at least not complete surprise where you need to panic and, can't, and can no longer act. And to be ready, more ready for ready or not moments in life, for us to know they're coming and that God is with us so when they come, we may be shaken. It may hurt. But boy, our faith and confidence in God is not moved. Because he told us. He was right. In fact, it's a fulfillment of his promise. He's more credible. And he also told us he's with us. Now, this doesn't mean that we go through life, um, oh, we go through life what I like to call sometimes as an Eeyore Christian. You guys all remember Eeyore? Like, oh, yeah. Eeyore always used to have, uh, I tried to find a, a picture to show you this morning, but those of you who know Winnie the Pooh, Eeyore always used to have, he had that like rain cloud that followed him wherever he went, right? Everybody else was in the sun, but it was always raining on Eeyore. See how long I can do this. You know, it could be a clear blue day, an ER man, he would say, oh, yeah, it's going to go wrong, it's not going to work, I lost my tail again, I can't spell. <laughs> so the reality of trouble coming, with or without God, shouldn't have us live with a defeated attitude. 
Yes, God gives us great tools of great power like he did with my son, Ben. I've never seen in my own life, frankly, the, an example that so clearly was the power of, uh, of healing prayer, especially from his uncle. And so sometimes he will calm that storm, as he did with Ben. So when trouble comes, remember, it's not like living out of fear, but it's living out of a confidence, a wary, savvy awareness. Yeah, my God told me, you trouble, that you were coming. And um, in fact, I've even been praying ahead of time about that moment. And God, I know you're right here with me, and together, let's get after it. See, whether or not we know Jesus as our Lord and Savior, there's going to be trouble. And the question is, would you rather try to weather that trouble on your own, or would you rather try to weather it with the all-powerful God of the universe who loved you so much that he sacrificed his one and only son for you? That's really the choice of the gospel. What will you choose when trouble hits? Will you come to Jesus, weary and burdened, and find your rest in him? Will you continue looking for that time to partner with God? Will you greet that trouble as, yeah, here it is, just like God said. What will you do? Let's pray. Lord, teach us to number our days. Don't let us be distracted into thinking that we're immortal. Give us a sober awareness and a sense of purpose of partnering with you that comes out from knowing that if, even if we live to be 100, that our time here is short. Father, give us Sabbath rest. Give us those moments where we can truly feel each and every day your great arms wrapped around us. Help us to always hear and respond to and remember our loving Savior who says, come to me and I will give you rest. And Father, give us the foundation of faith. Give us the fortitude not to panic when trouble comes because you are gracious and loving enough to forewarn us while at the same time assuring us that you're right there with us as we battle against it with the victory ultimately already won in your son. Father, I pray this with all my heart and in Jesus' name, all God's people said, Amen. Would you stand, please, for benediction this morning from the Apostle Paul? Paul highlights in a Trinity way the ideas of grace and love and fellowship in this blessing. Please receive the blessing of our triune God. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, may the love of God the Father, 
And may the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be and abide with you all. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week, my friends.